Welcome back, Tributes, to episode 67 of Into the Arena. I'm Holly. And I'm Emily. A.K.A. Clemencia Dovecoat, but we'll talk about that. Um, And we are so excited for... Well, I'm so excited. I'm speaking for you, but I'm so excited. I'm excited, too. You know, know, I'm not not that into this anymore. Let me just just go. (laughs) You're like, can we actually talk about something else today? Um... We are talking about Lucy Gray Baird, my, one of my, like, is she my favorite character from the whole series? Like, Peta is there, I don't know, but love Lucy, favorite character from Ballad. So we're going to be talking about Lucy Gray Baird this whole episode, but we have some important announcements and our giveaway from our last episode. So first of all, like always, join us for Tribute Talk Thursday nights, 6.30 Pacific, 9.30 Eastern. I literally have that memorized. I like say it in my sleep it's a good Um, time it's so fun so join us for that this week and then we are finishing oh my god i can't believe summer is gone we're finishing our entire read along with scholastic this week so we're finishing up with ballad we read hunger games catching fire mocking jay ballad like i can't believe we went through that this whole summer so hopefully you joined us for some of it if not you can always go back and enjoy the content and the discussion questions and trivia and such. Um, And you can now also find the podcast on Amazon Music and I believe on Audible. So in case you're wanting to stream there, check it out there. But before we dive into our episode, we have from last episode, I don't know if you're watching, we have our wheel. We're ready for a giveaway. Of the magenta copy, right? of the magenta copy Ah. so without further ado let's see i'm gonna press my little button tap to spin these were all amazing comments like seriously so thoughtful it was a very thoughtful episode shout out to gabby thank you all for interacting the winner is at mar 1100 i think maybe they were in the live stream that Mm. we had earlier today because today we had our academy celebration live Mm -hmm. stream yeah so sorry i don't know your name but at mar1100 send us a message preferably on instagram if you can send us a dm um if not just comment on this youtube and we'll get in contact with you to send you your copy of the magenta version of ballad so congrats so exciting and Without further ado, speaking of ballad, let's just dive right in because if you're watching, you can see we have, I'm wearing my rainbow, my one rainbow cardigan, and then we have an academy student here. So clearly we, we have some Lucy Gray. (laughs) Am I anti-Lucy Gray? I don't know. (laughs) But we love Lucy Gray. So I I feel like she's definitely also grown on you. Like she's grown on me and grown on you, but I think just watching us like read these books over and over and interact more and more. I think we both and seeing the trailer too is just so exciting. So I'm ready to talk about Lucy Gray and let's dive right in. So who is Lucy Gray Baird? I don't know Hmm. if you're new here. (laughs) I don't know. She's, She's from district 12, kind of. Um, she's part of the Covey, which was a traveling group, uh, traveling entertainment group 
before the rebellion and they kind of got stuck in District 12. So she's not really District 12 and doesn't consider herself really to be, but they're in District 12. Um, her name, Lucy Gray, comes from the Williams William Wordsworth poem, from the Lucy Gray poem, so titled the same as her name. She ends up being a tribute in the 10th Hunger Games, and she is the original District 12 victor, ultimately, that Katniss's references in the first Hunger Games book. Mm-hmm. And we don't know what happens to her, either. I mean, some people think she's alive, some people think that she's dead, that she didn't make it, but really her fate is unknown Mm -hmm. i think that's one of my favorite questions now like to ask new fans that i interact with is like what do you think happened to lucy gray is she alive is she dead and the theories are just insane like let's go through them i have the theory lucy gray is greasy say there's a theory that she the new theory is that she got pregnant with coriolanus's child and then had like Katniss's mother I don't know (laughs) and then there is she's Katniss's grandmother there is she's Mm -hmm. uh President Coyne like there's so many different fan theories about if she survived what did she end up doing who did she end up becoming so I mean Emily and I have talked about this and we'll get into it but definitely thinking that unfortunately Lucy Gray Baird is no longer with us post ballad so we'll dive into that later but always a fun question. So I want to hear, comment, share with us, what happened to Lucy Gray Baird in your world? Like, what do you think? What are your theories? Because always a fun question. But what I love is that we actually were introduced to Lucy Gray in The Hunger Games, the first book. We weren't introduced to her by name, but Katniss refers to there being an unknown second victor besides Haymitch before Katniss in District 12. So I always thought that that little anecdote was really cool. And then we physically connect and meet with Lucy Gray at the reaping for the 10th Hunger Games. So kind of cool how we all the reapings connect from the Hunger Games to Ballad. I guess going back to the beginning, when we found out that Ballad was going to be released was untitled Hunger Games or untitled Panem novel Mm. back originally Um, but I think the first trailer that came out for the book said that there was going to be a girl tribute from District 12 and I'm just kind of curious what you thought when you first found out about that so interesting interestingly enough I didn't actually know that information before like when it was announced really so So you just went into the book reading it not knowing it was gonna have any district 12 character i all i knew was it was about president snow like i didn't really follow Mm. anything about it until was it the day before where suzanne read the first chapter of ballad so that was kind of like the first information that i interacted with knowing that there was going to be a district 12 female um, wow you just got it full force suzanne reading and like, like with her slight accent and everything serious. <laughs> i was like what is going on and so when i first picked up ballad it's like a core memory that i was sitting outside and i was reading it and i was like i don't like her and i don't like that she 
was I felt like when I first read Ballad, it was almost like we were trying to fit a mold of Katniss. And I think that's something that like I actively have recognized as not legit, like not real, like Katniss and Lucy Gray are two very different women. Mm -hmm. And I think at the time, and I think what a lot of fans, I might be assuming, but what a lot of fans did when they read the books was there was a lot of upset emotions with Lucy Gray because everyone's like, well, why are you trying to make her Katniss? So that was just my initial thoughts. But what were your initial thoughts when you heard? Honestly, I I was not upset about the book featuring President Snow Mm -hmm. at all. But my first reaction to the fact that there would be another girl from District 12 definitely didn't make me happy. I was a little, Mm. or a lot, apprehensive, honestly, because I thought that this character was just going to be another Katniss, or we were trying to make another Katniss, which, I mean, I should have had more faith in Suzanne, and Mm -hmm. I, I think I did to some extent, but, like, I couldn't envision that playing out well because Mm -hmm. I'm not Suzanne Collins I'm not a writer (laughs) so yeah I was a little more upset that we were featuring another District 12 character than President Snow or anything else Mm -hmm. but I mean yeah she ended up being so different from Katniss that and and the connections were more made in the settings and the sense of place with District 12 than in the character of Lucy Gray Mm mm-hmm Yeah, I agree. I felt like, I almost felt like Lucy Gray was a knockoff of Katniss. And I think when I initially, like when I had that thought, it was because like Like when you were reading it initially, Mm -hmm. like at the reaping, I mean, because I I I can kind of understand that at the reaping because we're not only in District 12 again, but we're doing a reaping again. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Like, a crazy reaping at District 12. And just having... Like, I remember reading when she put the snake down uh, Mayfair's dress and then walked up to the stage. I remember just being... Maybe it was because I I consider myself... The phase of, being, of not being a Hunger Games fan was my phase. So that was, like, when I was in college, in high school. And I was in college at the time that Ballad came out. And I just felt like this is too theatrical for me. I was, I could not follow, it was really hard for me to follow ballad, maybe because I was like out of touch with the world of Pan Am and out of touch with all that Suzanne was trying to push when I first read it. But I remember just being like, why the heck is this girl up on stage singing? Like, shut up, to be honest. Like, I was like, <laughs> I was actually really upset. And I remember watching, after I finished ballad, like it was painful for me to read the first time and I hated it but I just really felt like Lucy Gray was the reason why I didn't like Ballad Hmm. the first time that I read it but I take that all back my queen I love you now so (laughs) yeah I think when I was reading that initially on the first read through of Ballad I Mm -hmm. was kind of worried but for me the rest of the book all went uphill from there Mm -hmm. so it was fine it was fine the second time that I read it with you, you know. Like <laughs> it was I read it even better time. the second time. I, I will agree <laughs> with that statement. <laughs> but I also think it's so interesting because when I initially thought that Katniss and Lucy Gray were knockoffs, knockoffs of each other, or she, Lucy Gray was a knockoff of Katniss, it took time for me to realize, like, 
they're not knockoffs. They're literally complete opposites of each yeah, other. Yeah, totally like, different ends of the spectrum. Mm-hmm. We have on one, one hand, Lucy Gray is this outspoken, very like amicable, very charismatic, very like she's an entertainer. And Katniss is very much not that. And so I thought it was different because, or interesting, because they both had different results, not only on Pan Am, but on how they influenced the games. I would argue that, if anything, Lucy Gray contributed to the modernization of the games, whereas Katniss literally led to the destruction of the games. And they were both completely mm. different people, but they came, came from, in quotes, because... Lucy Gray was Covey, but they both came from the same place. They came from the seam. And, you know, in a weird way, they both kind of contribute entertainment to the games, though. True. Because I feel like Katniss came up with something, like a strategy that was completely different from anything that the Capitol had seen before. I mean, I guess mm-hmm. we don't know that for sure, but... I doubt there was a star-crossed lovers angle that was as strong as Peta and Katniss's in the past. Mm -hmm. So, I don't know. It's kind of interesting. She does bring entertainment to the games in a kind of sort of way. I agree, yeah. That's that's an interesting point. And I also just think it's, it's really interesting, too, because we'll get into her name a little bit more, but, like, Lucy Gray is literally, like, I feel like she's kind of a morally gray character. Like... We read the first-person perspective of Katniss in the original trilogy. If we know what her standards are, we know what her values are, we know what she's attempting to accomplish. But with Lucy Gray, like, we'll get into this, but, like, is she the songbird or is she the snake? And I feel Mm -hmm. like that's what really separates their characters, is that morally gray area. I mean, we can talk about that right now if you want to is she a songbird or is she a snake i feel with choreo it's so much easier knowing what he becomes and we're more in his point of view in the book we know he's a snake Mm -hmm. right but with lucy gray you're right she's a gray character and she's more i'm unsure whether sometimes whether is she the the songbird is she good or is she the snake kind of like evil manipulative Mm-hmm. I feel like after doing research for this episode, because like this question really fascinates me, and I would argue that the name, like the title, The Ballad of Songbirds and Snakes, is probably the most intelligent and fascinating title of any book I've ever read. It's really interesting because for me, Lucy Gray and Coriolanus are both songbirds and snakes because <laughs> like I that's the safe answer because it's not only a love story and it's it's not only Snow or Corio's and uh, Lucy Gray's first interaction with what I would assume is love but it's also their first or Snow's first interaction with outright deceit and so in that case, like, Lucy Gray is a songbird because of the love, the first sort of love that she brings to his life. And also, she brings this era of Snow, who is completely cautious of deceit and Hmm. distrust. You know, like, she is the reason this man has trust issues, I feel like. (laughs) Right. But I mean, a lot of that is internal on his part, right? 
but I feel like they just play off of each other, especially in the final scene. Like, it's almost like, it's almost like they're both spooked in that final scene. And they're, they're definitely both, both just, spooked. Yeah, that's, that's a good way to... And they just play off of each other's anxieties because it's just that, oh, I've killed three people. She's like, who's the third? <laughs> you know, just like comments like that where I feel like they really, really, like Lucy Gray especially just teaches him to watch his back and to never get close, especially when his decision to marry someone who he doesn't actually love, I think comes or stems from his relationship to Lucy Gray. And it's interesting because like physically, Lucy Gray and Corio both utilize the physical animals, both the songbirds and the snakes. Like Lucy Gray wins the games by manipulating the snakes. And if you would argue that Coriolanus is the snake, she's literally manipulating Corio, like metaphorically. And then I Lucy love Gray that also, symbolism. Yeah, it's crazy. Like Suzanne blows my mind every day. Um, I know. Lucy Lucy Gray tries to flee snow with the help of songbirds in the forest. So she literally like uses these actual animals as tools to survive, which I think is really really cool. Mm-hmm. She loves snakes, even though she doesn't trust them. Mm-hmm. But she learns how to use snakes to her advantage. Mm-hmm. And just like Snow, she uses him uses to her him. advantage as well in order to survive. But mm-hmm. I think it's so interesting that she knows the difference between poisonous snakes and not poisonous or venomous oh. snakes. And she kind of just miscalculates and thinks mm-hmm. that Snow is a non-venomous snake and he ends up being a poisonous one. It's so, like, so crazy. And I feel like at the end of the day, you have, in in these, in the world of Panem, you have to have characteristics of being a snake and being a songbird to survive. Hmm. I feel like you can't just be one or the other. And that's why we have such a morally, <laughs> like, such morally gray characters is because they both have to contribute, like, this outer shell, like Coriolanus has to present himself a certain way. Lucy Gray has to like present herself a certain way as a songbird. But like internally, you're protecting yourself from this deceit and manipulation and not being a piece in their games because of that snake and that wiser, more like venomous side to yourself. You know who's a songbird? Madge. Rest in peace, justice for Madge. Where is my queen? Which and, th- you know, the, the Mockingjay pin comes from her family as well, so. Okay, She's are we going to, like, talk about, like, my new theory that... Um, Honestly, we <laughs> should. I haven't really heard you talk about this. Okay, I feel like... Let me pull up my... I just want to pull up the slides so, like, I can have, like, an idea because I did this a long time ago. So I'm going to add a new um, Lucy Gray theory to... This crazy Lucy Gray theory pool we have going on. We always can Um, use another theory. Of course. So I have this new theory. Ever since I listened to Catching Fire on audiobook for the first time, I wrote in my... It's a presentation. I said, in the ballad of Songbirds and Snakes, you know her as Lucy Gray Baird. But in the original trilogy, you unknowingly know her as Lucy Gray Donner. Dun, dun, dun. (laughs) So... (laughs) From page 91 of Catching Fire, 
I'm going to read a little excerpt. Madge, like to set the scene, this is like Madge and Katniss before, I believe, like the big visit victory tour finale in um, District 12. Mm -hmm. And Katniss and Madge are hanging out. And uh, Katniss says, are you sure you don't want the Mockingjay pin back? And Madge says, don't be silly. It was a gift. She tied her hair back in a festive gold ribbon. Katniss says, where did you get it anyway? It was my aunt's, she said, but I think it's been in the family a long time. First little note, I was like, okay. And then Katniss says, it's a funny choice, a Mockingjay. I mean, because of what happened in the rebellion with the Jabberjays backfiring on the Capitol and all. Then it gives context to the Jabberjays. And then on page 92 of Catching Fire, Madge says, but the Mockingjays were never a weapon. They're just songbirds, right? And instantly when I re- like heard the word songbirds in the context of Catching Fire, I was like, okay, Miss Girl. And the timeline would add up. Maisley was around 16 years old at the time of the 50th raping. And so technically Lucy Gray could be Maisley's mother. So we also know that... The- <laughs> <laughs> this is me with like my crazy <laughs> diagrams in the background. The reapings are rigged. It is heavily inferred that the reapings are rigged. Katniss mentions in Catching Fire that an unusually high amount of children of victors have gone into the games, which she would mention that potentially um, because Lucy Gray, if she gave birth to Maisley Donner, they would have known that that was Lucy Gray's daughter. And then they would have been like, you're going into the arena, but why would they, why would they reap her at 16? Oh, because it's the perfect time to have a victor's child in a quarter quell. So I believe that Snow found out and (laughs) saved Lucy Gray's daughters to be reaped in the quarter quell. End of story. What? (laughs) Like, Wait, so like let's, let's talk about the mocking J pen. Can we talk about the mocking J pen? Like, absolutely. Then, so when was that created? That was created by Lucy Gray. I don't think. Well, I don't know if she made it because, like, she's an artsy, craftsy girl. I feel like maybe <laughs> came. <laughs> she's crazy. Um, I feel like maybe it like circulated from her family. Like, why specifically do you have a mocking J? And the fact that, like, Suzanne mentions the word songbird, they they weren't bad, Madge says. They were just songbirds. So I feel like, in a sense, it would be kind of cool to have the image or the idea of the rebellion, which is the Mockingjay pin, the symbol, be from Lucy Gray Baird herself. My I, I do like that idea. Just throwing it out there. That the Mockingjay <laughs> pin is from... Lucy Gray's family. Yeah. Or like the Covey. I don't know. Because, and again, it's like, it is talked about, like it's inferred many times throughout Catching Fire, but confirmed a ballad that the re- the reapings are rigged. And so obviously Snow wouldn't like, why would you just like, why wouldn't you reap Maisley Donner when she was 12 just to be like, you're going to die? But to wait until a quarter quell? I don't know. I feel like that would just be like his little cherry on top. But that's just me. Oh my gosh, that's so (laughs) twisted. (laughs) So that's my new theory. So that's like what, number five? We mentioned four before. That's fun. I like that. That's a good theory. (laughs) 
Yeah. I just want to, like, insert, like, that meme of that man. I don't know what show it's from, but, like, he's, like, looking at the board. And behind him, there's, like, all, like, the different, like, <laughs> yes. details connecting. That, that's exactly how you just were. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah. So, long story short, maybe she's a Donner. Yeah, I love the idea of maybe the Mockingjay pin coming from... I don't know, coming from Lucy Gray's family. Anyway, moving on. (laughs) I think another interesting question. Well, I feel like let's just like scratch the surface with Lucy Gray. We talk about this with every character episode we do. What Mm -hmm. is your favorite Lucy Gray quote? Book or trailer so far? I was going to say movie, but we only have the trailer. Um, I have two. Mm -hmm. So my very favorite quote is... Uh, Corio says, trust is important, and she says, I think it's more important than love. I mean, I love all kinds of things I don't trust. Thunderstorms, white liquor, snakes. Sometimes I think I love them because I can't trust them. And how mixed up is that? That is such a good line. I feel like it just describes who Lucy Gray is and where she's at in that moment so mm-hmm. well. She She loves danger. And being around things that, like, are kind of dangerous and, like, maybe can't be trusted. She likes to play with fire. And she gets burned. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, unfortunately. I love that quote. That's a really, really good line. What was your other one? Uh, My other one, you actually brought it up earlier, is the, who's the third? (laughs) Oh, God. I just love that moment. I love that she digs in and doesn't let it go. I mean, mm-hmm. she's intelligent. She's smart. She's not just a singer and creative. Like, she's really thinking through things in that moment. My favorite, I feel like, it's not a, I feel like you might have just reminded me of my favorite with that first one. But um, I like the, it's a mystery, sweetheart, just like me. Because even though it's short mm. and sweet, I feel like it just perfectly sums up her character completely. No one knows, like, I don't, I love Lucy Gray. I literally have her name tatted on me now. I love this character so much. And (laughs) I don't, I feel like I just can't understand her. Like I want to understand her. And that's why I'm so excited for the movie is because I want to know more. She is I love all these devil meanings of Mm -hmm. Suzanne as well. She's just so good at that. So smart. Because it is a mystery at the end of the book. I mean, it's really cool foreshadowing for that moment. Yeah, definitely. What are some moments that we love Lucy Gray? I like the moments where, because she's an odd character to me, and I Mm -hmm. feel like I've found moments where I can relate to her on different rereads of the book, but I like when she feels a little bit more grounded and more real to me, so... I guess the moments where I feel like she's not putting on a show. So when Arachne, her throat gets slit, I Mm -hmm. really like that moment where we see what I feel like can only be genuine emotion from Lucy Gray. She's kind of having a bit of a panic attack and freaking out in that moment. And she tells Coriolanus, like, you you need to go help her. Mm -hmm. And I feel like... I mean, she could also be putting on a show in that moment, but I kind of feel like she isn't. And I feel like that moment just shows what a good person she is, which leads me to think that she's a songbird in that moment. So that's one I I really like. 
I totally interpret it differently. I interpret that as being like... No, don't say that. Don't ruin the moment for me. (laughs) I interpret that as her completely putting on a show just because Snow or... I always refer to Snow. Snow and Choreo are two very different people. But Choreo, she's trying to get her mentor... Like, she's not... He's not only mentoring her, she's mentoring him. And so I think Mm. in that moment, she's like, girl, the cameras are on you, honey. Like, you need to, like, get your act together. People are watching you. I I guess I would think that, because I've questioned that too, but I think what makes me feel that it isn't an act is her kind of, like, panic attack, like, right before she's kind of freaking out about what Mm -hmm. she just saw. I don't think she could switch to, like, show mode so quickly after that unless you think that that's her putting on a show too which it could be i mean i don't i feel like in that moment because we know that lucy gray has ptsd she says like later in the book she has one foot in the arena at all times and i feel like maybe because of her past with witnessing like the huge like execution of what was like the covey at large like her family and stuff i feel like maybe that was like her first time facing death like in the moment Mm, something like that again like a ptsd shock thing and then snapping into it and being like i need to like how did i survive this last time Hmm. so i don't know that's just how i see it but like that's the thing that's so interesting she's a mystery she's just yeah and then i can't wait to see that scene in the movie too Mm -hmm. and because that'll probably add even more to my thoughts about what that moment is or isn't Mm mm-hmm I know I want to do like a Lucy Gray episode part two like after the movie comes out because oh I yeah really, we have really to want to talk about Rachel's performance and that I know is going to be amazing and Lucy Gray as a character mm-hmm. because we're going to learn whether so much our more. perspectives on anything changes mm-hmm. definitely um I feel like a moment that the whole fandom well I feel like 99% of the fandom has been like bowing at is the Lucy Gray bow from Rachel Zegler in the trailer. Mm. I feel like that's our first look at Lucy Gray. And I think that was just genius. It's beautiful. Her face, every single time. I've seen Barbie in in theaters seven times, going to see it eight times. (laughs) And they played (laughs) the trailer so much in front of it. I just am captivated when she does that bow and she has that look in her eye. I'm like, yes, queen. What do I got to do to get a a valid trailer viewing in Um, theaters? You have to come to Barbie every night with me. (laughs) That's what you have to do. (laughs) But I just, I think like trailer wise, movie, like, we are so lucky to have Rachel Ziegler as mm-hmm. Lucy Gray. Agreed. I'm yeah. so excited. Francis knew what he was doing. Yeah. Let me just call call Taylor up. I feel like my favorite moments from the book, yours kind of reminded me of that, was when the arena explodes and she has to make that split decision between mm. helping Corio out or making a run for it because he notices that, like, she runs at first and then she like does this look back like am i what do i do what do i do like just seeing that in the moment decision of this is going to change the outcome of your entire life and she goes back for him and she helps him i think that's the scene where i get 
I think that she does it for both out of care, but also out of pure survival because she needs him to survive. Hmm. And if she ran, then she would hmm. become Marcus. <laughs> I feel like it's completely survival in that yeah. moment. Really? I don't think it's really care at all in that moment. I don't know. I don't know. I go so back and forth on these mm-hmm. moments, but a hundred percent if he doesn't make it that's gonna be worse for her Mm -hmm. because i think she evaluates in that moment that there's no way she's gonna be able to run away so she doesn't even try so if somebody's gonna live like it needs to be corio because that's her mentor he's gonna Mm -hmm. do everything he can to make sure that she wins yeah because they're they're both like they say that they love each other well they don't say that but they it's interpreted that they love and they care about each other at some points but at the same time, like, they're both doing what they're doing to survive and for the most selfish motives possible. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, the, the answer is always so cool. both, I mm-hmm. think. It's just like all of the above. It's like when you don't Which, know the like answer. Like you were saying about the title, The Ballad of Songbirds and Snakes, I think Brian has um, mentioned this before, Panama Archives, that it's very much like Pride and Prejudice or Sense and Sensibility, mm-hmm. those classic Jane Austen novels with those titles that it's both it's both for the main characters which Mm -hmm. is so cool just makes it feel so classic that's why I feel like this book will age really really well yeah Um, I think so too especially after the movies once people start like giving it a little bit more respect because I was in that same boat girlies like I hated it too but read it again (laughs) (laughs) I promise read it again watch the movie yeah but I feel like another favorite part I love is just her interactions with the Covey. I love her performances. I love her time at the Hob. I don't like. I just love that moment when she sees Corio in the audience for the first time in District Twelve, and she's just like, "This is the best day of my life." I I don't remember what she says exactly, but something along the uh, best night of my life or something like that. And I don't know. It's just I just love seeing her interact with like. Maud Ivory, you know, I just, I love it. I think a piece of her character kind of clicks in yeah. that moment, right? Because you see her finally in her element. That's very true, yeah. It, it, it almost makes her seem more like the songbird. And I think that's where I get a little bit confused is because she's a snake for survival in the first part of the book. And then in the third part of the book, or the first and the second, and then in the third part of the book, she is more songbirdish to me until the but finale. But it, it could also make her seem more like a snake because it's so clear in that moment that she has stage presence and she knows how to work a crowd. <laughs> you and I should have like <laughs> this meter, a meter in the background. It's like songbird, snake, snake, songbird, songbird snake. snake. <laughs> because I can't decide every single thing it could be interpreted either either way, honestly. I know. I kind of I love it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, I think a really, really fun question to ask is what does Lucy Gray represent and why did Suzanne write about her? Well, like we were talking about in our episode, in our last episode, um, she really represents romanticism, mm-hmm. right? Um, she's named after the Lucy Gray poem by William Wordsworth, who is considered the father of romanticism. And, I mean, I kind of, I wrote down the definition of romanticism here. 
which emphasize the individual, the subjective, the irrational, the imaginative, the personal, the spontaneous, the emotional, the visionary, and the transcendental, which is everything that Lucy Gray is. Mm, yeah, I think that's just crazy how she is, how Suzanne is just so, like, every single episode we're just, like, blown away by Suzanne just because she's able to, like, pull out all of these insane references and even just building a character around the idea of romanticism and encapsulating it fully is really, really cool. Um, she represents um, the love of people, I think, and, like, what they can be and... Mm-hmm nature i guess like the state of nature being good although we're saying she's the snake too so i don't know if she's always romanticism or not but i i feel like no one can be a full songbird true yeah you were kind of saying that earlier yeah yeah because like in the end like i feel like everyone is can have like a kindness to them but at the end of the day like when it comes down to life and death situations, like people are selfish, and mm-hmm. people have to like, yeah. you know what I mean? Yeah. So no, unless you're just like, unless you're just like, everybody's God or inherently something, you're like, selfish. <laughs> yeah, mm-hmm. like you're not everyone's flawed, and so I think that that snake exists in everyone. You're a songbird, Holly. <laughs> oh. <laughs> you're so sweet. I'm the snake. <laughs> You're the academy student here. Um, who can Clearly. And who is literally the academy student, but Slade, anyway. Oops. <laughs> and um, I'm Clemencia vibes, you know, with my headband. Clemencia so episode. I'm definitely yeah. the snake. <laughs> oh my god. Like, literally. I feel like it's really interesting because we haven't really talked about how Lucy Gray wrote The Hanging Tree and is connected to Deep in the Meadow, the Valley Song, and... Her legacy lives on in her music, which I think is really cool Mm. because this music inspires revolution. And so I think it's really cool that Suzanne related the hanging tree to Lucy Gray and had her be the creator of the song because in history, like there have been like a lot of times where music was used as a form of rebellion. And so to have this song tied back to somebody who really just pushes snow's buttons and is that mockingjay and represents everything that snow doesn't like is really really i think profound mm-hmm. you know this is kind of random but i've been thinking about that scene from the movies a lot where snow is like falling asleep kind of like passed out and mm-hmm. uh Ajiri- a i think mm-hmm. comes over and is like sir sir like she, she's actually alive like we found them and he's like he starts to freak out and he's like oh my gosh show me like I feel like in that moment I'm just gonna say that he immediately thought of Lucy Gray and was kind of thinking back to that and thinking about maybe what if Lucy Gray is still alive you know like I have to see it I have to see it mm. with my own eyes because it's probably something he's thought about her a lot through the years mm-hmm. i don't know just a random movie scene that i'm like that's interesting i i feel like I, you watch the movies and it's with such a new light now that you're thinking about snow and lucy gray's relationship and that's just one that i don't know recently i was watching and stuck out to me i i think like off of that point a big frustration that i've heard people voice is that 
they wanted Katniss to be this random everyday person who Mm. becomes this face of the rebellion. And even after people have reread Ballad and gotten to know Lucy Gray more, people are a little frustrated that Lucy Gray kind of takes that thunder away from Katniss, like takes that, um, like, I don't know how to say the word, anonymity, like away from the the revolution and what the thing is is. i think she still is i don't think her existence changes katniss and and what katniss is able to accomplish Mm -hmm. at all because katniss has no knowledge of lucy gray Mm -hmm. true i think like she still is this random person and she is a random person to snow like snow doesn't know who she is until the hanging tree comes up Mm -hmm. but by then the damage has already been done like the revolution is already in full force like moving forward Mm -hmm. i think that's a good rebuttal towards that because i think it hurts me sometimes because i like i love powerful women i'm a sucker for a powerful woman and i think that lucy gray and katniss like i said were clearly opposites and I want them to each, I want there to be like a line of strong individuals who contribute to a revolution. And not just one generation, but multiple generations and legacies. And this song that was created decades and decades ago still mm. was relevant and played a huge role in like. See, the I like that though. That makes me like that there is this mm-hmm. prequel where. It takes people, you know, the revolution didn't just happen. Yes. It took generations of people acting and building on top of each other and, Mm -hmm. you know, working together in a sense in order to change Panem, in order to take Snow down. And in the end, like, it doesn't take away that Katniss is the face of the rebellion. Lucy Gray is not, Peeta is not, Gail is not, like, Coin is not, none of these people are. And like you said, I thought, I think that's a really good point that Katniss doesn't even know Lucy Gray's name. She doesn't even know her existence and her relationship to Snow. And so like that doesn't take away that Katniss is that face, but it can't just all happen from a 16 year old girl. I don't know. Like it has to, and and it, and it goes to show that like, a legacy doesn't have to be your name. A legacy is an idea or a song or something that you leave behind and contribute for somebody else to carry on into the next mm-hmm. life. So I, I just think that's like a beautiful connection between these two women. And I think Suzanne would agree with that. I don't think she would want this big connection between Lucy Gray and... Katniss outside of the hanging tree I think she knows that keeping them separate is important which is Mm -hmm. why I think they're definitely not related no I was like kind of like I think a big theory that irritates me the most is people saying that Lucy Gray is Katniss's grandma I think Mm -hmm. I like will sell sell my soul on the bet that uh, Maud Ivory is the relationship to Katniss. Yeah, and I, I definitely can't see Suzanne wanting that connection, that to be the connection. So, mm-hmm. yeah. No. Yeah. 
<laughs> I have a really, I have a really random comment <laughs> about Lucy Gray. Does what she not it? give you, does Lucy Gray give you Taylor Swift vibes? No, don't bring that into my no. universe. No. <laughs> Absolutely not. Don't bring that into I my universe. I feel like, I feel like she's so similar to Taylor Swift. <laughs> okay. Like I'm the a, way I'm that she writes we songs. Taylor Swift, I don't, but like, I don't know. Like writing, I mean, I guess every singer writes about their exes, right? But the way that she says she's mysterious, and I feel like, I don't know, Taylor Insta- Swift is kind of mysterious as well. They both love rainbows, Stop. right? Okay. <laughs> I feel like, so you, if anyone doesn't know this, Emily loves a good parody. She used to write parody songs from Hunger Games. <laughs> and I'm going to throw you under the bus. I feel like your next assignment is to write, like, Blank Space or something, but, like, Lucy Gray. Okay. Sounds that's, good. That's your assignment. <laughs> right? A Taylor Swift song. I, like, the first song that came to my head was Blank Space. But, like, any Lucy Gray song or any Taylor Swift song and make it into a Lucy Gray rendition. Oh, my gosh. I got to do like, a, a ballad parody because so many of my Hunger Games parodies that I wrote back in the day were from Taylor Swift songs because iconic. that's all that was on my sister's iPod. Oh. So that's just what I had to work with. <laughs> mm-hmm. I feel like now is the perfect time. And also there's like AI, like lots of people are like making AI use the voice of like, in this case, Rachel Ziegler to like, <laughs> sound, to sound like she's singing this, this parody. So I think that's like your next assignment. I'm doing it. I just feel <laughs> like Ray, uh, that Lucy Gray is always kind of, Dropping hints about stuff and Taylor Swift is also that way. I don't think she I drops hints. I think that Taylor Swift has interns who just drop hints everywhere and like every fan just has a heyday. Like I feel like they're not even hints at this point. Like I feel like people just like connect random things. Like I just Maybe it's this. just because Rachel Zegler seems to be dropping hints about stuff like Taylor Swift and so That's true. That's fair. I'm equating the two. Can you please release like a a poll to see like does Lucy Gray give me Taylor Swift vibes? Because I'm really curious if people. I'm posting it. I'm yeah. posting it. Perfect. <laughs> Answer's but gonna be yes. It's just a feeling. I, I no. I'm the big no, but it's okay. <laughs> I feel like so. Speaking of Rachel Zegler, it has been so. It is the week of like August 14th was like the beginning of the week 15th I don't know and it is the week that Rachel Ziegler has received so much hate and backlash and disgust like we made videos we've talked about it I've been in the trenches commenting to idiots you have and I've blocked many people and I've received many mean comments and I just think just shut the bleep up guys you are all dummies literally don't have time for you not even gonna acknowledge you if you're a rachel ziegler hater because of the stupid snow white stuff going around get away stop telling her to do all these mean things you got her to deactivate her twitter you got her to get rid of instagram just back off and stop spreading hate end of the psa she is gonna be perfect and i think watch how fast people flip when yes. the Hunger Games comes out. Mm-hmm. Because we need to talk about 
why is Rachel Ziegler the perfect Lucy Gray? And we, I feel like instantly look at the bow in the trailer, but then listen to her accent. Like, I love Jennifer Lawrence and I love everything that they did in the movies, the first movies, but she did not have that accent, that Appalachian accent. And that's very, very, very important. Suzanne mentions it in the books and Lucy Gray has it and Rachel does a freaking incredible job. She makes it sound like it's not like in your face country. Like it's not awful, but it's mm-hmm. like it's a southern accent and it's phenomenal. It sounds good to me. I mean, mm-hmm. I'm definitely not the best judge of the accent since I'm not familiar with it. But I know that Jerry on Tribute Talk, Taylor on T- Tribute Talk were saying that it sounded really good to them. Mm-hmm. And and they would know. So, so. <laughs> To all you haters, stop it. She's iconic. So I'm excited to hear on a minor, like on just a small detail, I'm excited to hear this this voice. I'm excited to see her as Lucy Gray. I am captivated every time I watch the trailer. Lucy Gray is my highlight. So Yeah, so good. I mean, after seeing the trailer, we had talked about she was the one who was the standout for Mm -hmm. me, which I did not expect at all because Lucy Gray, I mean, I like her, but she's not my favorite character from the book and from the moment she was cast I was most excited about her singing voice so Mm -hmm. I know like that's just a huge exciting thing to come I just can't wait to hear her sing these songs yeah absolutely insane and I'm excited to really see her Covey performances I think Rachel has a beautiful voice I don't like literally no more hate because watch West Side Story. She's phenomenal. She literally was cast, what was it, at 17, straight out of high school? Like, (laughs) I'm like, watch her Shrek performance. (laughs) It is so good, I promise. (laughs) This queen is insane, and I am just... I don't want ballad to be over. Like, I want to be in the theaters watching it. But, like, at the same time, I don't want it to be happening. Mm. But, like, I cannot wait to see the final sequence between her and Snow. It's going to be so good. It's all going to be so good. I'm I'm so excited. And it's not, like, to end on this note, it's not a Lucy Gray episode if we don't give credit where credit is due to the rainbow dress. It is everything I could have ever wanted and more. It is nothing I ever expected, but it is beautiful. Absolutely yeah. insane. It's everything I didn't know I needed. Really. No, exactly. Like, and seeing it in person, like seeing the snakes and the the, the flowers on the chest piece and like oh, the ruffles and oh, it's just the so like perfect. muted colors. Yes. The subtle the rainbow that- of the whole dress. <sighs> so good and i'm just happy that they are letting or having them the tributes wear their clothes that they came with into the arena that was like a big concern i had Mm. was that they would put them in like costumes or arena outfits (laughs) did i tell you about the dream that i had once that we were all in the arena in that arena and we were wearing like stripes like prison (laughs) outfits (laughs) What, were they like orange or what? But they Black went. The stripes went up and down. Oh, okay. <laughs> no, it was like it was like a grayish color. Oh my god! 
<laughs> Lucy Gray. <laughs> so who the won? Did dreams. anyone win the games in your dream? I don't know. I woke up before that. It was just like the <laughs> the bloodbath part and then it was over. Okay, where was everyone in your dream? <laughs> I'm curious. Like, where was Jerry? Where was Ronnie? Where was Taylor? I feel like you were next to me. We're allies, of course. Yeah, Until you yeah, stabbed me in the back at the end. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, do you want to do berries? And then you're All like, the way to the end. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like, yeah, totally. <laughs> Good thing we're allies. So, I mean, we could have ended up, instead of the rainbow dress, we could have ended up with some striped prison suits for the arena. <laughs> so, thank, thank you that we're not getting Glad that. my unconscious was not in charge of that decision. <laughs> yes. But seriously, there is so much to look forward to. With Rachel Zegler's performance, with seeing Lucy Gray come to life on screen, I am just anticipating every little thing I get about Lucy Gray. So, so exciting. Do you have any final remarks about my queen before we before we end the episode? Uh, I don't know. Songbird or a snake? Comment down below. <laughs> and does she give? And does Lucy Gray give off Taylor Swift vibes? That's like the new. Yeah, thing that's I'm what I really want to know. I just I feel <laughs> it. We'll post like a, a poll, so check that out. And love Lucy Gray, iconic queen. And then just like a reminder, a gentle reminder, if you haven't already, pre-order your ballad calendar from Amazon. This is not sponsored by any means, but <laughs> never is. <laughs> I'm just like, girl, go get your ballad merch right now. I pre-ordered because... mine. I'm going to yeah, be counting exactly. down the days to ballad. That's what I need it for. Yeah, exactly. Just like circle, big circle. So everyone go get your beautiful calendar copy and join us for Tribute Talk this week, 6.30 Pacific, 9.30 Eastern. Keep checking your texts for updates about the ballad movie because we're all academy students so mm -hmm. we need yeah, to be yeah check updated. out our academy celebration from yes. yesterday it was if you so weren't fun. there live yeah it should be just up on youtube yeah we got special messages from two very important people that you will not want to miss so check that out and we will see you next time for episode 68 Woo See ya. Bye.